Welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org. We are very glad that you're here with us. We also hope that you'll be with us on uh, social media as well. Find us on Facebook at the Moonshine Jesus Show. Um, and also, a couple of notes about the show today. As always, this is not a spoiler-free broadcast at all. At all. Mm -hmm. Ooh. And in, in this movie, that matters a lot because uh, spoilers can really spoil the show. Uh, and also, mm -hmm. uh, our final segment is a Q&A. So uh, as we're going along, we might not be able to respond in the first couple of segments, but by our last segment, any questions you have that you put in the comment section, we'll certainly uh, try to get to. And Caleb, so good to see you again, sir. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Mark? Great. I like I like the uh the the wood panel in the background. I feel like you're yes. in like a western saloon. We're doing the power of dog today, which is a, a, a western 1925. I, I'm on location in Montana. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a saloon. It's amazing. I'm actually it's... at my mother-in-law's house in Missouri. But uh, <laughs> same it's good, working same great for you, man. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It, yeah. it feels authentic. It feels authentic. We should take this show on location. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, yeah. If, if, if folks want to see it on location, just fund us. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Here's where you can uh, leave a donation to our travel fund so that we need to pick something exotic next time. I Speaking agree. of exotic things, you drinking anything yeah. exotic today? Well, I was going to ask you. So I'll tell you, I have. I actually I sat down and I researched mm -hmm. the bars of, of the West, Old West. Yeah. And I've got two drinks because they go together. Because here's the thing. Okay. In the movies, you always see cowboys drinking a lot of liquor, right? Yeah. They, at the bar. But they wouldn't mm -hmm. because they're going to be there for six hours of show. They're playing cards. They're doing stuff that they want to keep their wits about them. So they'd have a yeah. shot of rot gut. Uh, and so mm. I've got some rot gut. Rot gut is basically okay. bourbon that's not been aged in a barrel yet. It is nasty. Oh. It is strong. <laughs> and luck would have it that my favorite distillery, uh, Bourbon Bourbon Trace, actually makes uh -huh. one. And it's semi-themed. It's called White Dog. White Dog. Wow. wow. That. So I've got I've got every at the beginning of each segment, I'm gonna have a shot of rot gut. I'm a little worried about it because I also do a bourbon podcast, and I'm worried that I'm gonna look like a wimp hitting this because it's gonna be tough. Uh, and then what they would drink in between <laughs> their shots. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate that. And what they bring <laughs> in between their shots was much lighter, and sometimes, frequently, some recent excavation has shown that it was ginger beer. Uh, Ooh, and okay. I yeah. actually have a ginger beer uh, that began in 1921, which makes it a likely candidate for some of the beer that our characters would have actually been drinking. So... Um, I'm going to wait for you to announce your drink and then I'll cheers you and, and talk, toss back this rot gut and see if, how, if I embarrass myself or not. So what, what this do you is what I, Wait, Mark, this is what I love about doing podcasts with you. We always learn something. We have fun <laughs> and we, we learn something. Absolutely. Uh, Why I mean, not, right? What's life? That's how right. much fun is life if you're not learning? It's not fun at all. And, right, I I'm mean, with you. Who hasn't wanted to know what cowboys were drinking <laughs> on the frontier? I've, I've always course. wanted to know that. That's that's great. So okay, so I'm just I I am just drinking. I'm drinking Bullet Bourbon. I thought Bullet would be uh, perfect like for uh, you know they're on the. It's called well, and they put it right whiskey. there in the bottle, right? They put Frontier, right, Frontier Bourbon whiskey. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'm drinking Bullet 
Frontier Bourbon. Uh, but I've got it. I've got it mixed up in an old fashioned. But uh, nice. I'm drinking it neat, and uh, it's not adorned at all. I found whatever glass I could find That's at my all right. parents' home, and, uh, <laughs> and I like here it. we go. Bullet Frontier Whiskey. I like Cheers it. Well, here we go, you, Mark. Cheers to you. Down the gullet, as I'll, they would I'll throw say. mine back too. Yeah. Oh, good God. <laughs> Woo. Yep. All right. That was fun. So uh, we're going to uh, have a little break here and be right back mm -hmm. and uh, get in, dig into this show, The Power of the Dog. And Jesus. Moonshine Jesus show where we are talking about the power of dog. Yeah. Mark, you got your shot loaded as, back up. As promised at the beginning of every segment, we're going to tip it back again. Oh, God. Okay, do it. All right, there Woo! we go. Woo! You took that power like a dog. I felt the power of the white <laughs> dog, that's for sure. <laughs> the power of the white dog. Woo. Oh, so today we are talking about the power of dog. This is a film that is set in Montana in 1925, if you haven't seen it. And it follows the Burbank brothers, Phil, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, George, played by Jesse Plemons, mm. who own a ranch together. And George quickly falls in love with Rose Gordon, who is portrayed by his real-life wife, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, and uh, the character's name is Rose, and Rose has an effeminate son, Peter, who is played by Cody Smith McPhee, who mm -hmm. Phil, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, uh, is immediately cruel to. And so this film explores themes such as love, grief, resentment, jealousy, masculinity, and sexual sexuality. And so it is called The Power of Dog, but we might as well call it The Power of, like, Why We All Hate Phil. Because <laughs> don't you hate Benedict Cumberbatch's oh character? Oh, my God. Well, show, what this show, well, for, first of all, all the lead, four lead actors and actresses were amazing. They were phenomenal. They all got Oscar nominations, right? Yeah. Three of them? Yeah, and they uh, everybody except for Cody, and and honestly, yeah. I think Cody only didn't get nominated because Jesse did uh, as a supporting uh, actor. Either one of them right. could have been nominated; they're phenomenal. But Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. and crazy, Kirsten yeah. were probably the standouts, even heads above those folks. And Benedict, as you were pointing to, he was so amazingly good. I hated him and his character. Like, <laughs> I we had to watch this so for this podcast. I did not yeah. want to, because I, I, I viscerally and internally were like, I don't let people like this in my life. Why am I going to suffer for two uh -huh. hours watching this? I mean, yeah, it's, have a similar kind of... yeah. And so Mark and I talked about this this morning. Hey, it's good to see yeah. you drinking the ginger beer, <laughs> drinking the ginger beer. So Mark and I were kind of talking about this before the podcast uh, today, and we were both yeah. like. Well, did you like this? And we were both like, man, that was hard to watch. Was. I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch, too. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And, uh, oh. uh, I can and it say, was beautifully though, directed, too. I mean, it's so it weird that we didn't want to watch it. won the Oscar for that. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird that we didn't want to watch because it was just a brilliantly done film. It was. It was incredible. With one exception, I would say. 
Yeah. I, I and it was based on a book from 1967, so of the same mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll give some of, but I still think they sh- they should have rethought some of what they did. And we yeah, can get I think I know where you're going. I want to yeah. hear this. I just I feel like that that the take on the LGBTQ community because we ultimately have two characters who are uh, either bi or gay men, probably probably right. gay, possibly queer. We don't they don't really fill that out too right. much. Right. Yeah. Um, but we get a very, the book was written in 67. We get a very 67 mm-hmm. take on this. And pretty much it's that yeah. if you are, are, are in any of those categories, you must be horribly broken in some way that's related to that. Yeah. And both of the characters who, uh, who we are left to kind of assume are gay uh, are portrayed as horribly broken, right? Deeply one is bro- incredibly cruel broken. and the other one commits murder. Uh, at the end and, the- and, and is 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 seems to have there, there's a moment where we find out his part of his backstory is his father uh, hangs himself, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like they're trying to let us know from from that point on, he cuts himself off from caring much about life. Not just like he wants to be a doctor, but it doesn't seem so much about healing people as much as like having some control over life like we're, there's the whole yeah. bit where he caps captures a rabbit that his mother loves and then, yeah. then one of the how, folks who work in the house come to see the rabbit and give him a carrot mm-hmm. and he's got the thing at his desk in his bedroom flayed <laughs> open dissecting he's it. dissecting it yeah. and he, and he yeah. seems completely indifferent like oh I, it's, there's no oh i'm sorry i know this is tough yeah. to see he just kind of seems annoyed that you interrupted him. Yeah, it's not going to be interested in this. It doesn't want the carrot. No, right. it's just uh, no, it's no, morbid it's not, curiosity. It's not going <laughs> to want the carrot. No, it's then, not. It's <laughs> and then there's that later thing with another rabbit yeah. that's captured. Right, and and uh, the, well, Benedict Cumberbatch's character Phil says, "Put it out of its misery," and. He snaps its neck and hardly even, and it doesn't, it, there's no, no emotional. Like, so they present him as a very tender character. Like he's like he, right. at the beginning, we see him making these wonderful flowers out of, out of yeah, paper that he flowers. puts together and they're just amazing. And Benedict Phil makes fun of him for that. Phil, yeah. yeah, he burns his flowers and makes fun of him and all of right. that. Uh, so he's he's presented as his tender character. And we get to that second scene with the rabbit and he's, he, he's, like you said, Phil says, put it out of his misery. And he, uh, he, uh, 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 Peter holds it and starts to pet it. And then we cut up to Peter's face and you see him kind of move. Like he just did something. You hear a crack and an emotionless face. Right. Yes. And so we're see, like you said, we, we've got these two folks who uh, are presented as very deeply broken and mm-hmm. it, it, it it feels like an old trope of if 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 you're not straight, then there's something wrong with you, and there must be this brokenness that comes along with it. It's, it's I hesitated there saying that because we have two other characters that are also broken, and they're not right. gay characters. Um, but it felt a little insensitive to me that this is so typically a Hollywood course. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, with these two characters that felt very insensitive and like they're, I'm not even sure it was particularly important and may have been a, a bigger, larger message. If Cody's character, if they had changed it up a little bit 
and just had him be a straight effeminate male. Right. Because, yeah, I think you're right. Because I mean, yeah. this is this is in some ways about at least if you a lot of folks gravitate towards this is about toxic masculinity, right? And we do have some very toxic masculinity stuff. And, and I've got a sure. different take on that that I'd like us to talk about yeah. a little bit. But uh, just knowing that, it might have been a stronger um, storytelling yeah. to have Cody be a straight guy, very attracted to the you know women right. and different things like that, but still just have, kind of just a, a, a more, more in touch with his feminine side. Um, sure. And have right. Benedict picking on him about that, thinking that he's gay and him, you know, being very different from that, that might've been a more complex way to present this story. And it would have yeah. bought less into that really old, horrible trope of Hollywood yeah. that if you're gay, something must be wrong with you. You must be broken in other ways. Yeah. I think that's a powerful point, Mark. And when we think about 1967, when this is written, I mean, uh, being a part of the LGBT community in any way, in any one of those letters, is thought to be um, is the, thought to be a mental illness. You know, it's still right. listed in the DSM as a mental illness. Yeah. Um, although we don't necessarily find out for sure that Cody is gay, it's strongly implied that he probably right. is. That um, is true. Uh, but it, if, it if could he wasn't be for manipulation, if he wasn't, yeah. they yeah. they put too much time into making us think. The, he is. Without That's revealing true. that Fair he enough. isn't. If you're going to put that much time into making you think he is, it would have been very then, cool near yeah. the end of the movie to do that little twist. So you question yourself yeah. and go, oh, well, that's on me because. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm I was reading my own a, presumptions to that yeah, or, exactly. or something like exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, um, I, and I, I probably should have caught up on, uh, caught on this earlier, but, you know, uh, I, I did catch on pretty quickly that uh, that Phil Benedict Cumberbatch's character was probably gay because he kept right. talking about uh, Bronco Henry, and right. I mean it was clear that Bronco Henry, uh, you know, right. was was his well, mentor and, and, and someone who was important to him. But it became pretty absolutely. clear yeah, right. that he was he was his yeah. lover, and, and he, he was, was so yeah. uh, visceral about attacking uh, Peter and his, right. and his sexuality. I mean, that is, it, it's not always the case, but it's not unusual that a person that is that aggressive has some, right. some latent kind of uh, own desires that are, that, that they're, they're scared of or trying to hide yeah. or trying to fit into society because they think that they'll whatever. So, and, it, and maybe this will be interesting for us to talk about later on, but I, I mean, I think that's I one think of the reasons be. we see, uh, we see so many people. Uh, who are anti-LGBT, you know, right. are often folks who have some inclinations themselves and feel like they're trying to uh, compensate for mm -hmm. for being a, for having some same-sex attraction or whatever it is. Right. That they they feel like uh, they they need to condemn people who are living into that more fully, yeah. and uh, it's it's sad to see that, and it's sad to see people <sighs> deny that that part of themselves. But I think you're right, and we certainly see that here in the movie as Phil Benedict Cumberbatch's character oh, just yeah. is is cruel, and I mean cruel towards uh, Peter uh, towards oh, Cody's massively. character, Peter. Yeah, incredibly cruel. And yeah, uh, that's something that's something that, that we see over and over again. And I, I want to I want to maybe as we ex explore uh, some of the theopolitical issues, talk, talk more about about this. I, I think that 
and Mark, I want to hear your perspective on this, maybe as we move into the next segment. But uh, yeah, we 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 see some toxic masculinity, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is about grief and about how uh, about how Phil isn't dealing no. with the grief that he has and no. is and I think it's wound up with the sexuality and not being able to be you know, mm-hmm. to fully verbalize what yeah. his experience has been. Yeah. But and I'm, uh, I'm sure but you're right. To deal I with the grief. Yeah, I completely agree. I also feel like mm-hmm. um, all the talk out in public right now about this in terms mm-hmm. of masculinity is about toxic masculinity. Um, when you go back and uh, look at Jane Champion, the director's uh, previous uh-huh. films and some of the themes of it, I- I'm beginning to wonder if this isn't about toxic masculinity as much as as it is about trying to expose the myth of masculinity, that there is something that can be defined as masculine over other things that might not be. Uh, Mm Because we have a lot of characters who are trying to be masculine and are masculine in their own ways, then some are playing into standard ideas of it, and some of them are very masculine in in less traditional ways. And I feel like that, that they they play them out and it becomes a very interesting, um, an, an interesting thread that runs through it at, at the least. So Absolutely. why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Yeah. Let's, let's take another quick break uh, and come, come back and uh, we'll talk about well, the theological political, but we'll also talk about some of the, these things that we're talking about. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. I have queued up yet another shot of this horrible white dog, as promised. I think this is a really I bad see idea. Drink I should not. I've not said <laughs> that I'm going to be doing this. But here we go. Uh, here's to your health, sir. Yes, drink it, Mark. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do some of this. Wash it down. So uh, we touched a little bit of this on this on the last segment, and, and you mm-hmm. rightfully said maybe we can talk more about it in the political section. Is so uh, Cumberbatch, his character, Phil, I did feel like early on there were some early cues about how how horribly aggressive he was towards yeah. Peter's effeminate, more effeminate character. Mm-hmm. Um, gave some clues that maybe that, that he was trying to hide something or make up for something or somehow yell at himself for being who he yeah. is. Um, and we do see that play out in politics a lot don't we? Where the, some of the loudest anti-LGBTQ voices actually, and, and, you know, it's easy to make fun of folks for that, that, that they end up, you end up getting revealed as being part of that community, whether they want Mm -hmm. to be or not. And we tend, we tend to make fun of them for that. Oh, of course he is. Isn't there something actually sad about society that it creates a space where that's who they are, where they're out there attacking and not just attacking, but creating laws that work against exactly who they are because they feel like in this society, they don't have any other choice. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible to see. I I mean, it breaks my heart every time. I mean, you're right. In some ways, whenever you see a politician who's been so uh, vehemently anti-LGBTQ and has been advocating laws that, uh, that, hurt lgbtq folks it's 
easy to be like, of course they are. But you're right. It is sad to, mm-hmm. to see uh, a society where, where that feels like the only option. And I mean, the church plays a large role in that. And and that's pretty sad because, uh, you yeah. know, the, the church tends to be a voting block for these folks. And um, I, I think it's incredibly sad that in, instead of focusing on God's love in the church, instead of focusing on radical hospitality, instead of focusing on how the biblical narrative is a movement towards justice, because I think it is, if you see the Bible yeah. as, uh, you know, an overarching story, you see each right. story as being a bit more just than what was before yes. it. Taken out I of context, it can seem yeah. unjust, but but as a, an arc, you see it as a movement towards justice. Instead mm-hmm. of seeing it like that, we tend to pick and choose verses and use it to uh, exclude people, and then uh, and then the the Christian right uses is a voting block and yeah. uses that as a way to influence legislators to it, that in order to remain in power they need to pass legislation that is discriminatory towards right. uh, many groups. Plays to the base. Plays to their yeah. base. That's right. They play to their base, even even though they may be a part of, of the community themselves. And so, yes, it would be wonderful to live in a society where <laughs> people are able to be who they are and don't have to live in fear. Yeah. And uh, I think in the gospel, we call that the kingdom of God. That, that's I what think I've heard that. Be. I think I've heard it referred to like that. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. think Jesus said something about it. I don't know. Well, and, and, <laughs> Maybe not. And we, we, I think what part of the problem with, with what the church does with the kingdom of God yeah. is it puts it, 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 it pie in the sky in the sweet by and by. You know, oh, it's, it's, absolutely. Old it's guy not in the a, sky it's after not a, you die. Yeah, yeah it, it's not a, a, a present possibility, which it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's really what this is about, which brings me, I think, to my next political point that ties in uh-huh. with the movie. And uh, and it's in the title. It's The Power of Dog. And I think what we a lot of what we it's see is, is people using power and abusing it and hurting other mm-hmm. people. And that's certainly, I mean, I, doesn't it feel like most of politics, at, particularly in the U.S. And, and, and lots of other nations, has really become about how much power can I wield, not just hold, how much can I wield against other people? Because yeah. it's certainly possible yeah, to hold absolutely. power and practice it in a loving way, which I think might be the ultimate point of this movie. But... Hmm. What we tend to see is people wielding power and hurting other people. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about that from the LGBTQ community. Why do you think, why do you think we've devolved to that space? Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's probably true. I mean, to a certain extent, we've all, there have always been people who have been interested in power above all else. And that's true historically. It's also true, like as our hist- of our history as a nation. Mm-hmm. That there, but I think we did used to have politicians who were generally concerned with the common good, and we don't. Uh, we we've seen, especially in the Trump era, people who have devolved into just caring about what can keep them in power, and uh, I. I don't know if it's the general dumbing down of society <laughs> or, That's part or, of it. or, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, that know, was intentional uh, too. lack of interest. Yeah. Oh, of course it was. It was, and it, part was, of it was absolutely intentional. intentional. And, and, yeah, and but, part of that was because it makes it easier to hold power and not be questioned. It does. 
That's right. Yeah. If you don't have people who are questioning you, if you have people who are yeah, who are believing uh, the the talking heads, uh, you know, on media that are mm-hmm. intentionally spreading yeah. uh, false, uh, false beliefs. Right. They're well, not even looking yeah, at the facts. Exactly. They're just intentionally spreading false Absolutely. information with and, and the hope let, of keeping certain people. in yeah. And let's I mean, not forget, as terrible. you pointed out about yeah. something else earlier in the show, the church's yeah. role in the dumbing down of America in terms of so many yeah. churches don't want you asking questions. Just listen they to don't. what the person with power says. Yes. Almost always an older white dude, listen to me. straight. Listen to that yes. older white straight dude and he'll tell you what to think. Turn off your brains. You know, uh, that famous uh, meme that goes around of, of the church sign that says uh, an open mind is the devil's playground, you know, uh, or don't open your mind so <laughs> much your brain falls that. out. Yeah. That's awesome. Also, don't open your mind so much that your brain falls out. Uh, just ridiculous church signs that really overly yep. support that, that idea of you're better off not thinking and let us um, – decide what you should be thinking it's ridiculous now i think the i think that don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out there's a william sloan coffin thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but i think you're right that uh yeah like churches need to be places that actively encourage people to ask questions right. and so one of the things that i did kind of appreciate about power of the dog so like whenever i heard that title i had no idea this is coming from a like liberal mainline Protestant perspective. I had no idea that was like a biblical title. I had no idea. (laughs) It comes from like in seminary, you know, they'd always tell us for the Bible exams, you need to go and you need to study with the Baptists. (laughs) And uh, uh, that was certainly true. I had no idea. But until, until that scene, yeah, until that scene when he pops the Bible out and he starts reading through it. And I go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's the book of That's common kind of prayer. That's kind of an important verse for Christians. What's that? Yeah, yeah. So it's the book of common prayer, right? And he and it's it's from Psalm twenty two, yeah. and uh, and uh, he starts reading from this. And if you don't know, uh, the opening words of Psalm twenty two are going to sound real familiar for Christians. It says, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" Right, what Holy Week's next week. It's what Jesus says on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's a psalm about people feeling distant from God. But one of the things I think is is interesting is, uh, uh, you know, this phrase that that we see them reading, you know, which is uh, the power of the dog. Deliver me from the power of the dog. Is yeah. what is that power and who is the dog? I I think right. it's maybe uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, and I think one of the ways that they subvert uh, traditional Western uh, stuff is that it's not physical power; it's psychological power. Uh, but yeah. what did you make of that, Mark? I kind of felt like the the dog, the, the dog. I think both in um, mm-hmm. Psalm twenty two and in the title mm-hmm. of this movie. Uh, it's not about a person. It's about a bunch mm. of people. It's about society mm. uh, and the way that society pursues groups of people and comes at them hard and surrounds them. Because uh, part uh, a little earlier uh, in Psalm 22, it's like the the, the dogs uh, are, are around me. They surround me. And, and yeah. you think about society, it surrounds you and you're kind of and it, and it pushes its expectations on you. And there is a lot of power in that. People change their behavior, just like we were talking about politicians who change their behavior uh-huh. because of the expectations of their their base or society in general. So that mm-hmm. that's kind of what I read into it. Um, before we wrap this segment up, though, I yeah. wanted to quickly go back to what do you I mean, 
it felt like with the twist at the end, a slight twist at the end, where the the person who you felt was the victim the most of the time, the character mm-hmm. of Peter, uh, ends yeah. up and the more effeminate uh, of the of the the I would say he and Phil are the main characters. Rose and George yeah. are the secondary main characters. But of the two, he sure. was the more effeminate of the of the lead characters, and he mm-hmm. ultimately wins out. And a lot of people are interpreting that as. Um, the, the death like uh, defeating toxic masculinity i i can't help but think what we're looking at because he, after after phil dies uh which mm-hmm. we figure out peter had a lot to do with and his right. mom and, and george phil's brother are coming back to the house peter watches him come in and he turns around and mm-hmm. he gets this little pleased look on his face right and yeah. that is revenge it that is, is revenge. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. there's anything that is part of toxic masculinity, it is revenge. I don't know. That's a good point. That's very I don't know yeah. that this is actually a movie about defeating toxic masculinity. I think yeah. maybe particularly because of that scene, that this is a movie about the myth of masculinity, that we have decided mm. that there are things that are strictly feminine and things that are strictly masculine and those are all human constructs that help us in no way help us in no way whatsoever i don't know i mean what do you what do you you think i think that's a great point mark and uh because i think we're supposed to i think that maybe that truly is what the movie's about but i don't know if the director knows it i think we're supposed (laughs) to think (laughs) i think i would say i would actually say though based on the previous film Uh I think that she may have done that intentionally and is waiting for Mm -hmm. all of us to figure Mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, we're not going to solve that mystery here. (laughs) We're not going to solve it, no. So let's have another (laughs) drop. We'll come back with our Q&A. If you have questions out there, let us have them. If not, we'll be asking each other questions, so don't worry about it. We'll take up the slack. Moonshine Jesus Show. Uh, we've got uh, not very many questions out there, but before we get to asking each other questions, I want to see Mark take another yes, shot well, of this white dog. Thank, thank God in the heavens that this is my last time having to do this. <laughs> Here, cheers, I'll, I'll y'all. Take a shot with you. Yeah. Mm. I appreciate the camaraderie there. Thanks. Although mine probably um, tastes a little bit better. I guarantee <laughs> it. I love an old fashioned. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, and in your other podcast, don't you make up an old fashioned every week? And that every week, it? well, every month we do it one a month, and every uh, month. Yeah. we finish it off with a really nice old fashioned. So hey, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's my favorite cocktail. I love it. Uh, oh, absolutely. So yeah. again, if you think of questions, you can go ahead and put them in there. And well, we'll I have questions for you. Okay. Yeah. Ask me it's a two parter. Well, it's a possible oh. two parter. Ooh. Possible okay. two-parter, depending on how you answer. Okay, the first I'm ready. Part. Okay, yeah, so my first me. part is maybe everything we've talked about this whole episode is wrong. Uh-huh. 
And maybe, <laughs> Mark, <or> maybe, don't <laughs> do know, that to know, me. And, and maybe, don't, don't pay any attention to the rest of the episode. Pay no Mark's attention to the man president right behind, now. Pay no attention to the man behind the white dog shot. The, um, <laughs> what if? Okay. What if? What? what if this is actually a movie about the foolishness of binaries? You've got masculinity, femininity. You've got strong, smart. You've got submissive, dominant. You've got good, evil. You've got powerful, meek. What if this is really about how ridiculous the idea that these binaries actually have any real boundaries, Any that, that it's not some giant blended together continuum that it's all on? What, what, what could it be that that's what this is really is? Uh, well, whether or not that's what the movie's about, I think that's an important point that uh, that binaries are rarely the right way to go. I mean, certainly we've seen this in terms of like the spectrum of sexuality that it's not and gender that it's not a binary, right? You're not yeah right. that a lot of people aren't straight or gay. A lot of people right. aren't male or female, but these are things that we've defined as a societal construct. Right. And I think that that's important to realize. I think that that's important to realize when we're talking about uh, things like theology and politics as well, that, you know, um, that we don't have to think in terms of uh, a binary for theological purposes either. I mean, no. uh, are you a Christian or not? Do you believe <laughs> in Jesus or not? <laughs> have, you been saved? I mean, have you been saved or not? I mean, right. A lot of people fall somewhere in the middle. Like, right. I, I don't know what to make of that. Like, yeah, well, I, and that's I what, believe in a lot of the teachings of Jesus, but I don't know if I've had a like a salvation well, experience. I, I am. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I'm so, glad you yeah. answered the question that way because it gets it allows me to ask you a question that I've been looking for the person. <laughs> yeah, okay. The person yeah. that's smart enough to give me the answer because I don't have. I don't this know if answer. that's me. <laughs> I, I think okay. it is. I think it is. I'm hoping it is. I got my fingers crossed, man. I got my fingers crossed so hard. <laughs> Uh, listen, so if, if it's true that these binaries that we want to be true aren't true, particularly things like good and evil, how do we define morality? If there yeah, is no, if there's no black and white here between good and evil, morality tends to, at least in how we think about it and practice it, say that there is something that's clearly right and something that's clearly wrong what do we do with morality when we begin to i think correctly intellectually accept the reality that binaries are false it's all a continuum yeah it is so here's why i tell a lot of my congregants when they come and ask me this exact same question because this is uh i knew i was asking the right person <laughs> that is that like we navigate that stuff as a community Right. If we're yeah. talking about faith, faith issues, I think that's one of the importance, uh, the, one of the importance of uh, doing faith like as a community and not doing it by yourself. I'm still an right. advocate of that because I think that as a community, we navigate that. I, well, I mean, think if you look we're at talking if, about more. Yeah. Tell me. I was going to say talking about community. If mm -hmm. you look at it, no matter what, where you fall, if, if you're a Christian in any way, even if you're just saying all that I'm a, yeah. I, so a lot of Christians are particularly progressive Christians like to say I'm a follower right. of Jesus. 
the very right. first. Yeah. But they don't they don't want to be part of church or anything, which I kind of get can be. Yeah, very and we don't want to say necessarily we're Christian. There's a lot right. of baggage with but, that. But, yeah, but talking yeah. about the importance of doing theology within community, uh -huh. even Jesus himself, the very first thing he did in ministry was go out and gather a community. Come he did. Follow That's right. Me. Like I need a community because theology right. is we need best people. done in community. And I started right. interrupting. I, I just thought. And that so I think we do that as like uh, that's something we should do as church as like a theological community. But I think it's something we do ethically as yeah. uh, a community as well. That we need to be able to have hard conversations and right. to navigate these things in ways that are not you know black and white. That it's it's not a dichotomy. That as a society, we, we need to be able to talk about the hard issues. And so you've all seen the meme that says, like, one of the reasons we can't talk about hard issues is because we've been taught not to talk about hard issues, right? Like <laughs> politics and religion. We need right. to be able to talk about those things because it is in discussion. It's in talking to one another that we navigate uh, mm -hmm. where we need to stand on tough issues. So yeah. uh, I don't know if that answered your question or Mark, but that's my, uh, I think it's a very helpful here, answer for sure. Answer. I think it's a very yeah. helpful answer. Uh, it, it does yeah. change. I think the way that we need to understand what morality is, that we're not going to be making lists of what is moral is it is a more conditional right. word than we want to think that it is, uh, which, which makes it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It has to be fluid. It, it has to be situational and it has mm -hmm. to be community based. Uh, and yeah. that makes it a very complicated thing to to navigate, but it's important to be navigating it in a healthy way. And and I think what we're talking about is the beginning of figuring out how to navigate it in a healthy way. Absolutely. And so I've got a question for you, and it comes from John Biddenback. Thank you, right. John, for writing a question. Appreciate that. Uh, he says you've both expressed uh, that this movie is hard, unpleasant to watch. Mm. Uh, would you consider it? important to watch anyway akin to reading well, i'm, I'm gonna yeah i'm going to tie this back into the answer that you just gave me oh if you're going perfect. to watch it if you're going to watch it by yourself uh-huh and and leave it there eh, yeah. whatever watch it if you won't don't watch it if you don't mm -hmm. if you're willing to watch it and be in community even if it's a community of two or three and really right. kind of grapple with what is this actually about? What's going on? What's false, what false mm. dichotomies are happening? What science shows of masculinity are going on? And have real discussions about it. Then, yes, I completely believe that it's important to watch, even though it is, it is hard to watch. It is. What, you, what did you, you think, watch? Drew? I think you're right. Did you watch it as a community, Mark? Did you watch I it did, with someone I, else? I, I, I don't think you need to watch it as a community. I think you need... Yeah to process it as a community process it as a community okay yeah so i watched I like it that's what you and i've been doing here <laughs> yeah that's right and so we processed it together but i processed it too like as i was watching it like, right i remember you saying this here yeah yeah and i think that that that's powerful i think that's one of the powers of pop culture stuff is that we yeah. get to process it as community and that it helps us make sense of life as community and so I, that's one of the reasons why I think that it's justifiable to talk about theology and politics through the lens of pop culture because Absolutely. it helps us have this discussion as a community Indeed. together. And it so, makes it feel safer. It makes it feel safer. It to does. Have 
Yeah, it's slightly removed, but we talk about real truth. So, hey, Caleb, always appreciate your voice and your time. Uh, cheers you, to you, sir. Cheers to you. Cheers. Oh, Mark, come on. One more shot of okay. that white dog. Are you, are you going right, We're going to just for the folks in viewer land. Okay. One, one more. Do Here's one more to you, Caleb. All right, oh, perfect. Wait, wait, and and yes, I do Here. encourage everybody to watch it, particularly if you're willing to process it. it there's a lot of important yeah. issues that are actually brought up. And it is a beautiful, weirdly beautiful It really shot. is a beautiful movie. And the directing yeah. is so subtly brilliant. So do watch. It's incredible. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers to you, Mark. Cheers Thanks to for tuning in to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We hope to see you all next week's same time, same bet channel. See you later. Bye. Moonshine Jesus.